Hi friends, welcome to Hatikva News. So today has already been such a long day. There is so much news. I love doing these daily updates. I really feel like it's my calling right now, but they're also exhausting and I've had to set the comments on like extreme, extreme strictness because of all of the haters out there. So if you want to send a little love my way, I would really appreciate it. I am not going to stop reporting on Israel or supporting Israel because of these online bullies, but wow, are they mean. And so with that, I will just start giving you the news. So first, I want to talk about the shipping update. The Houthis in Yemen are mass recruiting for an Israeli invasion force with no way to get to Israel. But those, this person wrote zealots, uh, they tend to try to do whatever they claim regardless of consequences. Could they load up hijacked container ships with fighters and head towards Israel? Well, that's a good question. Now, tens of thousands of Yemenis are on their way to the assembly area from where they are supposed to go out to fight against Israel. With the slight problem of how will they get to Israel. While this may sound like a joke, they usually do what they say without consideration of consequences. So you guys, we will see. And a few things related to this. A fierce explosion in a weapons warehouse belonging to the Houthis in the city of Arab, Yemen with casualties. Also, the U.S. jets are doing Yemen recognizance from the U.S. aircraft carrier. U.S. jets have begun conducting Renaissance flights from the aircraft carrier Eisenhower, which is stationed in the Gulf of Aden in front of Yemen. Now, more on the shipping situation and the Red Sea Coalition. Another shipping company, Hoeg Autoliners, announced that it has suspended shipping operations through the Red Sea. I keep reporting on this. I think we're up to like 10 companies now, you guys. Um, I've always said for the past few days, go grocery shopping, get what you need. The time is now. Um, This shipping company, Primera primarily ships cars to and from Europe. Also, if you need a car, better go get one ASAP. Next announcements are 100 container carriers change their route to avoid the Red Sea. I did mention this yesterday. Now a lot of them are traveling through the African Sea, the African continent. So they're going to go all the way around. Things are going to take forever to get here. Get prepared. Um, Australia and Spain refused to to join the U.S. Red Sea Shipping Protection Coalition. So there's that. And a headline. The PA is preparing for battle. The PA is the Palestinian Authority. Quote, the scenario of the Palestinian Authority security forces 
turning their guns and aiming them at the IDF forces and or the settlements in Judea and Samaria and towns that border the Green Line. The Green Line is what runs between the West Bank and Israel is rapidly developing into actuality. The warning signs are too numerous for us to ignore. I come on here every single day and I tell you about the problems in Judea and Samaria. They are escalating. Quote, We must base our preparations on our enemy's capabilities and since the scenario of the PA turning its guns against us is by no means far-fetched. And the Palestinians in Judea and Samaria have the capability coupled with an orderly ideology of hostility and hatred. Then we need to prepare in in accordance with their capabilities according to the potential danger. I said yesterday that the Palestinian on Israeli violence is a hundred times higher than the Israeli on the Palestinian violence. That data was given to me through one of my reliable WhatsApp groups. I do not have a correct source for that. However, we have seen through their educational system that they do indeed train their civilians from childhood to act in revenge and for you know martyrdom for the free palestine ideology so it's not a far-fetched idea as i just said all right let's move on the saudis plan the saudi plan to end the fighting the exile of hamas commanders this is the destination Today, a French newspaper published details of a Saudi document submitted to the French Foreign Ministry, which contained a plan to end the war in Gaza. At the center of the plan, everybody wait for it, the transfer of the military leaders of Hamas to Algeria. You guys, that's crazy. So a few weeks ago, maybe even a month now, I'm sort of losing track of time at this point, but there was talks about how like maybe the Hamas people could just go to Qatar and start working in construction or something instead of Israel's idea of dismantling. I have to say things appropriately here on YouTube, but I think you know what I mean. And now the Saudis plan is to just export all of Hamas and import them into Algeria. You guys, whatever works. Honestly, at this point, whatever works. All right. Um, so I just have like some up-to-date news for you here. And then I have a lot of images and videos to share with you on everything that I mentioned on the thumbnail and in the description. So don't worry, I'm getting there. But like I said, grab a drink, grab a snack, hang out with me. This might end up being a long video today, which is why I didn't go live until 5 what time is it? Almost 6 p.m. Because I was busy compiling all of this for you. So I hope that you will get some great information out of it. All right. So Germany accuses Iran of helping to plan anti-Jewish attacks in Germany. Well, that does not sound unlikely. 
following the discovery of the role of an institution affiliated with the Iranian government and planning the burning of synagogues in Bochum. The German foreign ministry summoned the Iranian ambassador and emphasized that this country does not tolerate foreign organized violence. Yeah, you guys, Iran is just putting their sticky fingers all in everything, everywhere. It's starting to get really annoying. I'm really glad that Germany is speaking up and saying something. And Germany was also one of the first countries to label Hamas the new Nazis. I hope I'm allowed to say that word on YouTube, you guys. Some of my videos were getting removed and dinged and I'm getting like marked up for stuff. So I have to start being really careful because I'm definitely, they're trying to cancel me and I'm getting all the hate comments and who knows what I'm being reported for. And so, like I said, send a little love my way. It'll help me feel better. Um, all right, and then a... Oopsies, a youngish terrorist blew himself up in his home in Janin while preparing an explosive device. His friend was also killed. Another youngish terrorist was seriously injured in clashes with our forces in Husan, Bethlehem area. A few hours later, he was declared a martyr. All right, and the Palestinian Authority says Hamas will be able to participate in Palestinian elections if they are held after the war in the Gaza Strip. So I would just like to reiterate, a few weeks ago, Kamala Harris was talking about how the Palestinian Authority should be granted control over Gaza. She needs to be thinking clearly. She needs to have better staff. Who is writing her speeches? I don't know. I volunteer if she needs some help. Call me. Hatikva News. All right, you guys. So I'm almost to the fun stuff where I actually have visuals for you. A little bit more on just up-to-date news. Yesterday, I showed footage of... IAF, that is the Israeli Air Force, and the drone footage of Hamas terror cells. This is related, and there's new evidence found and released last night that Hamas built an aircraft tracking array. At the beginning of the fighting, an aircraft detection system developed by the Hamas terrorist organization for years. They've been developing this for years. As I've also mentioned, they were planning the October 7th attack for eight years, it turns out. We, we got that update um, 48 hours ago now, that they had been planning that attack for eight years. Well, for the past few years, they've also been developing an aircraft tracking array, which was hidden inside water boilers on the roof of civilian houses in the Gaza Strip. Obviously, you know what I'm going to say next. The IDF destroyed it. The aircraft radar being on the rooftop of the water heaters and whatever, it's just more proof that Hamas keeps 
ruining the water for the Gazan civilians. We have seen over and over again, not only are they stealing the aid, not only are they using the water pipes to build rockets, but now they are putting military equipment inside of water heaters. So I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. So not only do Gazan civilians not have water, but if they do have water, then it's not hot. And I mean, I'm going to get a little off track here for just one second, but we all know we need hot water for a multitude of things, including just boiling water for cooking food and all sorts of stuff, like making sure that it's clean. I digress, but it's really, really messed up. Like the Gazan civilians who are innocent deserve a better government. And I will leave it at that. You guys know how I feel about Hamas. Okay, so the IDF Air Force destroyed dozens of drone launch posts as well that were placed on roofs of civilian houses. And I did show you that video yesterday, so... I won't show it again. There's so much every day coming out that I don't want to repeat too much. Um, But I did want to give you that update that Hamas built that aircraft tracking array. That's crazy. Okay, so yesterday or a few days ago, we talked a lot about that giant tunnel that the IDF found. I have new footage and new images for you. So we're going to now go into... The Hamas leader sub leaders subterranean city. The IDF takes control of Hamas's elite quarter, also known as Palestinian Square. Let me pull up. Video one. Let's pull up video one. So the IDF announced on Wednesday that its troops secured over con- control over Hamas elite quarters in the center of Gaza City, including the area of the Palestinian Square, from where Hamas's administrative and military leadership operated. The complex includes a large network of tunnels that connects terrorist hideouts, uh, bureaus, residential apartments belonging to Hamas senior leadership, This complex, both above and below ground, was a center of power for Hamas military and its political wing. In recent weeks, the 401st Brigade and the 162nd Division, along with forces from Shaldag Unit, Sha'etet 13, and the Yahalom Unit, have been operating in the area of Ramal in Gaza City, where Palestine Square is located. The forces carried out a combined and coordinated offensive on Palestine Square and took operational control over the area. Over the last few days, the area was completely secured. During the battles the secure, to secure the area, the IDF forces eliminated approximately 600 terrorists in both ground and aerial operations. Palestine Square was a center of Hamas military rule and is surrounded by buildings that served as command and control centers. 
terror tunnel shafts, and strategic buildings belonging to the organization. This military infrastructure was located in the direct vicinity of commercial stores, government buildings, civilian residences, and a designated school for deaf children. The square is the center of the strategic tunnel network of some of Hamas leadership's strongholds and connects to the underground infrastructure in the area of the Rantizi Hospital and the Shifa Hospital. Here now we have the location showing you along with the video footage. This is really cool. I love what the IDF did here. If you are listening on a podcast streaming platform, don't forget to come over to YouTube so you can actually see everything I'm talking about right now. Um, As you can see, it's located next to the properties of all the senior Hamas officials. So the senior Hamas officials wanted some really good location to their tunnels. You know, they stole all this money to build these tunnels and they made sure they had VIP access to it. And as you can see, all the weapons they found, just a massive, massive network. A massive network. And now there they're showing you exactly where the charity buildings were and apartments registered under Yawa Senwar's name. Yep. All right. So this enabled Hamas operatives to both escape and remain in hideout, remain in hideouts for extended periods. The underground tunnel network includes blast doors and hideouts, in some cases food, water, electrical infrastructure were found that allowed for prolonged stays. This network was used by the organization's senior officials, Ismail Haniya, Yahya Sinwar, Mohammed Daif, and others to direct Hamas's operational activity. It was also used for protected daily movement through the heart of Gaza City. So, I hope you guys enjoyed that video. And here's another one. Video two. Here. Is it going to play? Oh, man. All right, you guys. Sorry, that one's not going to play, but I'm going to tell you all about it. So they established workshops for digging and building the underground network, a tunnel shaft used for logistics and tunnel construction equipment, including tunnel walls and concrete arches that make up the tunnel ceilings were found inside the workshop. Next in the workshop is a shaft 20 meters deep, which with descending spiral staircases, as well as a blast door and forks in the tunnel's pathway. The tunnel shaft was demolished by explosives embedded by Hamas there and numerous weapons and technology devices were found nearby. I have another video. Let's see if this one will play. I'm really going to be upset if these don't play.
well, sorry guys, that's super annoying. Um, you know what I'll do is I'll upload them into shorts later so you can still see them, okay? All right, guys, so I do have at least an image. Here is an image for you to take a look-see at. So we had the strongholds of Hamas leadership in the northern Gaza Strip, and you can see that they have labeled it the gray squares are hospitals and the red are a building with tunnel shafts and they are all over the place. It's absolutely insane. And as you can see, everything is located next to Shifa Hospital and the Razizi Hospital. My Arabic is a little rusty. Okay, so rockets from Lebanon. Mayat Lot Tars... Tarshika and surroundings. This was Wednesday evening. So after I got offline with you guys, there was a lot more that was happening. And then this morning in Israel, the mothers of the current fighters who are on the Karim Shalom crossing organized a big protest and demonstration demanding to stop the transfer of aid trucks into Gaza. I have a quote here from one of the mothers. She said, well done to the mothers. We've all already seen what the fuel goes for. We went out this morning to protest against bringing the aid trucks into Gaza. It is not possible that while our sons are fighting in the battlefield and are ready to give up their lives for all of us, that Israel transfers fuel to Hamas, feeds and fuels it, Aid hurts the soldiers and the military spirit. The colonel of the Southern Command prevented us from coming directly to the Karim Shalom crossing. We continued on foot for our sons and deciding to do the campaign. So that was translated from Hebrew. Not everything's perfect, but she's not wrong we all want the citizens of gaza to have what they need but hamas keeps stealing all the aid i know i say that in every single video i'm probably going to continue saying that for the next month until this gets under control all right so let's move on to syria so december 18th just a few days ago syria started launching multiple attacks towards israel the launches did fall in open areas an alert was activated concerning the open areas on the Homefront Command app. This is what Israelis use to get notified about terrorist activity and incoming alerts and bombs and things like that. It's called Homefront Home Front Command app. You can get it too if you want and you can see how often your phone lights up. It's crazy. Um, in response, IDF artillery... Artillery struck the sources of fire in Syria and IDF tanks struck a military post belonging to the Syrian army. And then overnight, Syria attacks again. Five rockets were launched from Syria towards the Golan this evening. Furthermore, earlier today, a number of launches from Lebanon towards the area of Kiryatshmona. Kiryatshmona. So it's kind of like the chicken and the egg. Like now it's just war, right? Somebody does something and it just causes mass chaos. Everybody is just 
oh, well, you fired, so now I'm going to fire, and then, well, you fired, so I'm going to fire. That's exactly what is happening with Syria and now Hezbollah and Lebanon. I'm just going to keep moving through countries here. So an anti-aircraft missile was launched by Hezbollah at IDF Apache combat helicopters. The helicopters were not damaged, but Hezbollah says we forced the helicopters to withdraw from the area. So there is a current alert for northern Israel near the Lebanon towns. There has been many, many alerts. They've evacuated a lot of people. But they are closing the gates. They're closing the roads. Several rounds of rockets from Lebanon overnight. Heavier attacks expected. IDF attacked heavily again. Back and forth. Yes. Okay, so IDF took out a rocket launcher in Lebanon and... IDF artillery artillery strikes Hezbollah terror infrastructure that was a launcher used to fire at Israel. But of course they have more, so the fire is still coming. But yes, Israel is trying to pinpoint where all these fires are coming from and hit them back. So it's a game of like cat and mouse. So uh, regarding the reports of sirens sounding in the north, this is where all of this combat started to really like take off and take place. And Wednesday until now has just been back and forth, back and forth. And I just wanted to make that clear because now, today, recently, at least 20 rockets and anti-tank missiles launched at Israel. The IDF attacks in southern Lebanon Hezbollah admits that targets were hit and destroyed, escalating Hezbollah's anger. They say we will not tolerate Israel's attacks on civilian positions and we will attack your civilians as well. I said this yesterday, I'm going to say it one more time. Israel gave warning weeks and weeks and weeks ago that the civilians in the southern part of Lebanon need to move just like the civilians in the northern part of Israel also moved. So, no other country in the world gives warnings. Okay, so part of this Upper Galilee situation is that one of these attacks actually hit a vehicle in the Upper Galilee, setting it into flames. One of these attacks from Lebanon, Hezbollah. Um, It was in the Avivim town and several other... vehicles parked near the vehicle which was struck also suffered damage so there was just kind of like a cluster f at least two people were injured in response the idf is doing some work okay i believe i have a video of lebanon being Please tell me this one's going to work. Wow. 
You guys, I'm so upset. I spent so much time putting all of these videos in. I have a few videos that are actually in a different location, so I'm praying to God those will work. Why isn't that working? Well, you can at least see the outline, all right? So they, the IDF responded and they blew some stuff up in Lebanon. All right. So the IDF strikes Hezbollah command center following the siren sounded in the Golan Heights. Four launches from Syria that crossed into Israel were identified. So you guys, there's just mass chaos going on. Syria, Lebanon, I'm gonna get to Gaza, don't worry, it's coming. Um, just mass chaos, really. Um, let me just keep fast forwarding here. So a huge midday rocket barrage from Gaza. We have this automated siren system, the home front commando is telling you about, that gives you notifications on your phone. It has been blowing up literally all day. So Ashkelon, Ashdod, Kiryat Malachi, Rishon Litzion, and surroundings, and Tel Aviv to Herzliya, Ramat HaSharon, Ranana, and surroundings. One building hit, damage, fire, two injuries from shrapnel. All was launched from a North Gazan city neighborhood, not yet under IDF control. Intercepted rocket shrapnel fell in a parking lot in Ashdod and in the National Park in Ramat Gan. So... There's also rocket fragments found in a Tel Aviv school. So I have mentioned this before, just because we have the Iron Dome doesn't mean that the, the Iron Dome hits the rocket that is coming in. And so when that happens, it doesn't just like dissipate into fairy dust, okay? It just breaks apart the rocket and then the rocket pieces fall everywhere. That is the shrapnel. In case you don't know anything about rockets, like I had no idea. I'm learning with you. So I'm just explaining if you needed to know that situation. Okay, so the war against Hamas in Gaza has entered its 11th week since this past Saturday. So we're almost at the 12th week. More than two months after the Hamas massacre of over 1,200 people in southern Israel, and they took 240 hostages on the Black Sabbath. That is October 7th, which was also Simchat Torah. This past Friday, at about 5 p.m., shortly after the start of Shabbat, Hamas terrorists in the Gaza Strip launched a rocket barrage at the Israeli capital of Jerusalem for the first time since October. Residents reported hearing multiple explosions as six rockets were intercepted by the Iron Dome defense missile system. I would like to point out that Jerusalem is the holy place for every religion except maybe the Hindus. There is the Jewish quarter, there's the Christian quarter, there's the Muslim quarter, and there is the... Sorry you guys, there's four quarters, I'm spacing. Candace Owens wanted to say that that was an example of apartheid. Um, no, no. That is a 
tradition, century-long agreement on how Jerusalem is run. And if you ever go to Jerusalem, you are freely allowed to walk around through all of the quarters. Except Jews are not allowed on the Temple Mount, which is where the Muslims built the Dome of the Rock right on top of the Temple Mount, but we can talk about that another time. I just want to point out that there is no apartheid in Jerusalem or in Israel, and the fact that Hamas is attacking Jerusalem is just more proof positive that they don't actually care about the Muslims or the Arabs or the Christians, you know? Especially since they took all those people too on October 7th. October 7th wasn't just directed at the Jews. I digress. So, there have been many, many, many intercepted missiles, shrapnel falling all around Israel. I have highlighted a few things. There is the Galilee. There is central Israel, Ashkelon, Ashdod, Lachish, Nahal Oz near the Gaza border, Arab, Al-Aramzi, Aramshi in northern Israel, sirens sounded sounded in northern Israel, they're sounding in communities near the Gaza Strip, they are sounding in kibbutz near Oz, they are sounding in Magin and near Oz border, the Gaza border, um, just, it's like, thank God for the Iron Dome, this is absolutely insane, So just over the past 24 hours, I assume the majority of Israelis have been inside of a um, mamad. Uh, It's like a security room. And as we saw from the October 7th footage, the security room isn't to protect you from intruders. It's to protect you from falling shrapnel and rockets and such. So sadly, as we saw on October 7th, intruders can still get into the mamad, the security room. There needs to be an update on that. Like everybody in Israel needs to update their mamad into some sort of safe room, actually. Anyways. Um, And Syria, Hezbollah, yes, 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 yes. Okay, hostage update. Released hostages speak out. So a released hostage, Agam Goldstein Almag, who is 17, spoke. She was kidnapped to Gaza from her home in Kafar Aza on the morning of October 7th. Together with her mother, Shen, Chen, and her younger brothers, Gal and Tal, Agam's father, Nadav, and her older sister, Yam, were murdered in the family's home that same morning by Hamas terrorists who infiltrated their kibbutzim. On November 26, Agam, her mother, and her younger brothers were released from Hamas captivity as part of a prisoner swap. In an interview, Agam spoke about her time in captivity, revealing the difficulties and how she discovered that her father had been killed. We were sure that they had given up on us and that they want to win this war. That's also what we heard on the radio. 
When asked whether she knew while still in Gaza what had become of her father and sister, Agam said, we were witness to everything, but there was still some hope that it hadn't happened and that we would come back and my father would be waiting for us in a wheelchair. Yam, we already knew about, but my father, we still had some small hope, but the radio shut that down for us. We heard exactly what we needed to hear and that they are sorry about dad and Yam and that's it. She also said that during the nights in captivity, she dreamt about her father and sister, questioned about the moments she was kidnapped. Agam said, I remember when we went into there and I just told my mother, mom, they're going to R word me, but I didn't really understand. I remember that I told my mother that they were going to do something to me. That was the moment when I understood that they had really taken me from my home and I was in Gaza. When asked about her fears and her worries for her younger brothers who were held captive together with her, Agam said, I was most afraid of the IDF strikes every night. I was most afraid that if God forbid we were hurt and they remained, what would they do? I think those were the moments when I was most afraid for Gal and Tal, and also told myself, what if I don't reach my 18th birthday? I mean, at least give me until 18. And also for Gal and Tal, the whole time I was thinking about them in that regard. They are so young, and it's a shame. Agam ended her interview with a call to release all of the hostages still being held by Hamas. Quote, I still don't believe that there are people who are there after so much happens here. While there are still people sitting there, it's too much for me to understand how people drink the same cup of coffee and live the same life. After something happened that really changes how the world works. Because to say, quote, they'll be back, that's just not, it's, they really need to come back now. It's not a slogan. They need it now so that there won't be any more mistakes. I'm happy that there are people who are continuing their lives, she added. It also shows a strength of sorts. Wow, you guys. So I just want to take a quick minute and like digest that. Delivering this news, I do all the research and then when I, I read it, I first digest it and then it like runs through my whole body as I actually verbalize it and say it to you. I really hope some of you are getting something out of this. Um, I really agree with the gum. I, I kind of want to re repeat that last thing. I still don't believe that there are people who are there after so much life happens here. While there are still people sitting there, it's too much for me to understand how people drink the same cup of coffee and live the same life after something happened that really changes how the world works. Because to say they'll be back, that's not enough. They really need to come back now. It's not a slogan. They need it now so that there won't be any more mistakes. I'm happy that there are people who are continuing their lives, she added. It also shows a strength of sorts.
months. Yeah, I mean, my life has completely changed since October 7th. I'm an Israeli-American Jewish woman, and I have completely changed my life. I believe a lot of us have been extremely affected and have completely changed our lives. There was something by Biden's... uh, I don't even know, his liaison to combat anti-Semitism or whatever yesterday. I read what she had to say. I thought it was complete BS. I still think she needs to be fired. If anybody ever sees that she's fired and you see it before I report it, please send it to me on Hatikva News Instagram and let me know. I really think she needs to be fired because she's out of touch. All right, guys, let's continue with negotiations. Senior Israeli official tells CNN Israel and Hamas are not close. Hamas wants the release of more serious prisoners than last time, meaning mass murderers, and Israel demands the release of the rest of the hostages and a lull in fighting for one or two weeks. I think both sides would like that. The hostage negotiation from the Wall Street Journal perspective says Hamas rejected the Israeli proposal for a week of truce in exchange for the release of 40 hostages. So Hamas is really like holding out for a better deal, I guess. But I don't see how at this point with everything that has happened over the past 72 hours in Gaza that Hamas isn't saying yes please give us a week of a break. Now on like somewhat of a lighter note I want to mention that Jerry Seinfeld came to Israel If you don't know who Jerry Seinfeld is you are missing out. He is a Jewish comedian. You can go watch Seinfeld. I believe it's on Netflix. It's one of my favorite shows ever, especially if you're not feeling great, if you're having a hard time with everything going on. It's great comedic relief. And you know what? Give him some extra airtime because he just landed in Israel on Monday and upon his arrival, Seinfeld and his family came to the family's headquarters for an emotional meeting with representatives of the families of the hostages, as well as hostages who returned from Hamas captivity. Seinfeld told the families that he feels a deep commitment to raising awareness around the world about the issues of the hostages, whose lives are in immediate danger. According to those present, Seinfeld and his family were very moved by the hostages' stories, and it was evident that they were deeply affected by the experiences they heard from the family members and the released hostages. The family's headquarters commented, We thank the Seinfeld family for their moving visit to the family's headquarters and their unwavering support for the families of the hostages. We are confident that their support will be a significant and important step in our shared mission to bring about the immediate and safe return home of all hostages. And I just want to say that when I lived in Israel, 
Jerry Seinfeld came and I saw him live and he was hilarious. He's great. Like he's still doing stand up. Well, I don't know if he's still doing stand up, but as of just a few years ago, I saw him live in Israel doing stand up. He's great. I love the Seinfeld show. And thank you, Jerry, for showing up for the Jewish people and the Israeli people. That's awesome. Um, okay, so there is a newly released footage showing a neighborhood watch squad holding off a Hamas force with automatic rifles, grenades, and RPGs for 12 hours. The video was really long, so I tried to condense it just to give you like a little taste of it. If it works, I hope it works, we will see it. And also, I just want to say, not a bad idea for everyone to set up their own neighborhood watch squad, especially during these times. I don't want to get like too political, but we know that there's a lot of issues happening. This channel really is about Israel, but I'm sure you're watching the American news as well. Time to set up your local neighborhood watch and... Maybe there's already one in place that you can join. So, let's see if this video works. I'm gonna be, oh, this video does work. All right, yay. Okay, so as you can see, the Neighborhood Watch Squad is on their way to combat terrorism. They had a rapid response. Two of them were over 60 years old. They withstood automatic fire grenades and RPGs from an invading Hamas force of nearly 100 terrorists, battling them for over 12 hours. The footage shows part of the battle that was captured by security cameras at the gate of the kibbutzim. In it, the two security team members can be seen arriving at the gate of the kibbutz. At this point, the security team had been battling with the terrorists for over 90 minutes. Let me replay that one more time. I know it's really short. Um... But yeah, so they are in their gear, ready to go, getting in position. And, um, one of the members of the squad, ambulance driver Lior Rudef, was taken hostage and is still being held hostage in Gaza. According to media reports, Hamas terrorists eventually left the area with everyone they managed to kidnap, and after them came Gazan civilians who proceeded to loot the area and burn everything that remained. So we talked yesterday, too, about how Noah might have been kidnapped by Gazan civilians instead of Hamas. I'm starting to question what is the difference? Yes, there are women and children who are innocent civilians in Gaza. But I think anybody who crossed the border into Israel on October 7th, who burned houses, who looted houses, who stole things, who kidnapped people, they're all technically Hamas in my book. And, and a few episodes ago, weeks ago now, I did talk about how civilians in Gaza are so destitute, even though billions and billions of aid dollars have been given to Gaza, 
that anything that they stole or brought back to Hamas leaders on October 7th, they were rewarded for with money or land or food or water, whatever it is. TVs, bikes, flat screens, people, children, kids, whatever they were able to loot from Israel, whatever they were able to take hostage, kidnap, they got rewarded for that too. Okay, so let's talk about Hamas. Hamas publishes official declaration, says... No discussion about captives and prisoner swap until end of aggression. Well, you started it. I'm going to put up a picture of Sami Abu Zuri. A senior Hamas official and spokesman for the organization has said that the terror group leadership is steadfast in its decision to insist on a ceasefire in Gaza before holding negotiations on a new prisoner hostage swap which would see innocent Israeli hostages freed in exchange for convicted terrorists. Speaking to Al-Arabi Al-Jadid, Abu Zuri said that Israel's statement on a new deal to free hostages were made due to internal Israeli needs, quoting senior sources and the various terror groups in Gaza. The paper also said that Israel offered a one-week ceasefire while the terror groups rejected this offer and demanded a permanent ceasefire. Yeah, the UN is also trying to do another permanent ceasefire vote um, without saying that Hamas is a terrorist organization and they are delaying that vote because they're trying to convince the United States not to veto it again. There is not going to be a permanent ceasefire until Hamas is eliminated. Israel set three goals for the war. I think you all know them by now because I have repeated them many times. So I won't waste my breath. I really feel like I'm starting to lose my voice. We have a lot more to go. So the hostage negotiations are at a standstill with Hamas and Islamic Jihad demanding a comprehensive end of war agreement where everything returns to how it was. Well, that's not going to happen. All right, U.S. Secretary State Anthony, Anthony Blinken says, quote, Why doesn't anyone ask Hamas to lay down its weapons? I don't hear anyone asking Hamas to stop hiding behind civilians, lay down its weapons, and surrender. If that happens, it will all be over tomorrow. How is it that no one wants anything from the attackers and everyone wants from the victim? Great question, Anthony Blinken. I think you know the answer. The answer is because in the Hamas charter, the goal is to wipe Israel off the map. So they will not lay down their arms. They will not surrender they want to continue and they will be martyrs until every single last Palestinian martyr is left. Their goal is the destruction of Israel. And
And that is why they don't want a ceasefire. Quote, Hamas and Islamic Jihad demanding a comprehensive end of war agreement where everything returns to how it was. All right. Okay, I have a video for you in a different platform. I hope this one's going to work well. It is Likud World Chairman Danny Danone visiting the town of Kafar Aza. I pray to God this works and my voice needs a minute. Here in Kafar Aza with Knesset member Danny Danone, Chairman of World Likud. Shalom. Shalom Yoni. So you're here with an international delegation. What is your message to them? Now, more than two months after the massacre. First, we appreciate that we have dignitaries, Governor Huckabee, ambassadors, who decided to come on Christmas Eve to Israel to stand with us, to show their solidarity. We don't take it for granted. We ask them to be vocal, to support us, and to allow the IDF to continue with the mission. We haven't finished the job yet. With all due respect to the pressure from the US, from the UN, from the EU, we have a lot to do in Gaza, and we intend to finish the mission, which is the eradication of Hamas and bringing back the hostages. And as you mentioned, international pressure, you're mentioning U.S. pressure. Are you disappointed? Did you think that wouldn't happen? Well, uh, first of all, we are grateful for the support, but we can start to see that some problems are all of a sudden are there. Uh, we are waiting to see what will be the vote at the U.N. today. Uh, but I know that the American people are standing with us. I know that the American people are praying for us. And they know that we are fighting evil. We are fighting their fight. Uh, look what happened with the Houthis in Yemen. First they targeted Israeli vessels. Today they are targeting all vessels. The same here. We saw what happened here in Kfar Aza, the atrocities. That can happen also in the U.S., in Europe. We have to confront radical Islam. And when you're asked how you define victory and how you see the day after... I put up a plan about the day after, which basically we're going to have security control uh, over Gaza. And the civilian aspect will be run by international forces, including Arab countries. But we need, we need a buffer zone. We need control of, over the Rafa crossing. And we need to make sure that uh, Gaza is demilitarized. It's not going to be short. To the U.S., it took a few years to take the Nazi ideas out of Germany. It will not be easy for us, but we have to do that. It's not your first time here. How is it for you seeing the, the sights, the atrocities, understanding what happened here? You know, every time I come here, it's, it's, it takes me a few days to, to recover. You know, you, you can imagine the last minute of the people who were here begging for help, and you can think what happened here. Uh, we are determined it will not happen again. We are determined to fight back, uh, and uh, the mistake Hamas did will be the last mistake. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. That was really powerful. Um, I myself have been wanting to go and visit. Um, my family has urged me not to. So my mission is to be here with all of you sharing this news. And in some ways, it feels like we are there. I'm feeling all the emotions. I'm feeling sick to my stomach seeing a lot of that. Um, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner also visited. I have a video of that. If you're listening on a podcast streaming site, some of the video doesn't have sound, but some of it does. So if you hear a pause, just stay with it because you will hear 
what they're saying. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't worry, just some of it doesn't have sound, so you don't need to mess with everything and think that your sound has gotten messed up. I myself was like, wait, is my sound messed up? Why isn't this working? Anyways, it's working. Here it is. This house belonged to the parents of a close friend of mine. Her name is Raz, and House. And both her parents were murdered here on the 7th of October. She was great in Germany. She was one of the best. And she didn't do anything wrong to anyone. shape with the sea so it means that this place is cleared but wherever you see the circle with the dot inside it means that there was an Israeli body to shoot you when you try and climb outside from uh, from the window itself just in order to find some remains uh, to identify the people we're going Who would want to live in this kibbutz? This is the next generation, inside and outside. <coughs> Community, 19. We are hiding in the safe room. They were at my window. We are under the bed, Nao and myself. Do you hear soldiers? Send me your location. She's saying okay, and she sends a location. 1116. Are there soldiers in your neighborhood? She's not replying. 1221. Sivani, he calls her. 1040 p.m. Sivani. You know, the worst part is we didn't know who died, who was kidnapped, until the next day. This, in this kibbutz, 64 people murdered, uh, 19 was kidnapped, uh, numerous wounded. But the most important thing is that <coughs> five are still hostages uh, in captivity in Gaza. This says Kfaraza is my home. <coughs> Hopefully one day I can host you in, in my home. First of all, thank you all for sharing the stories with us. And I just have to say it's very humbling for me to be with you, with the heroic that you did you never know what your training for life puts you and then when the moment comes you know sometimes we do things even more than we know we're capable of doing but what you did made a massive difference and 
hearing these stories, there's a million different ways these things could have gone, but I just, I respect my appreciation and really my love uh, to all thank of you. you. And so, just really thank you for, thank for what you, you did. Thank you. So, can I give you a hug? Thank you. my god you guys this stuff is hard to watch i appreciate you watching it with me there <sighs> deep breath everybody that's really hard stuff i have heard jared kushner and ivanka trump speak multiple times without a speech i have heard them speak if you haven't i'm letting you know they speak so eloquently, so well. They are very well educated. I myself speak very well. I don't have a hard time speaking. I have to tell you, this stuff leaves you speechless, sick to your stomach, tongue-tied. Ugh, it's hard. It's hard. All right. While I take a breather, I am going to play for you Mike Huckabee. He also visited. Wow, you guys, tough stuff. If you need to pause or take a break, I totally understand. The rest of the video will be here for you when you're ready. This is your first time here. You heard the news, you saw the videos, but being here is totally different. It, it's worse than I could have imagined. and. The unimaginable horror that these people have been through. Um, no human being should ever be subjected to the level of atrocity and savagery that the people of Israel have experienced. And I want the whole world to understand what happened here and who did it. And let's not pretend that there are two sides, because there aren't. There's a side of good and there's a side of evil. What happened to the Jewish people here was evil and there's no other explanation for it and it seemed at the beginning that the whole world was with us the day after yeah. but then the day passed and it's getting more challenging for israel and it shouldn't be we need to make sure that people understand there's still hostages in gaza from 25 nations including the united states hamas didn't take those hostages because they were trying to do some humanitarian effort. They did them as bargaining chips so that they can try to buy themselves more time. I want every one of those hostages to be able to come home to their families. But I want Israel to have the full support of the world to fully prosecute this war, to eradicate these animals who did this to completely innocent people. Now, you mentioned innocent. And one of the, one of the things that was emphasized today is the fact that there was a second wave of so-called citizens of Gaza. Tell us about that and what how you thought about that. People need to remember, and, and innocent lives are being lost in Gaza. We understand that. But they're being lost not because of Israel, but because Hamas created an extraordinary level of absolute chaos. And the other reason is that we need to remember that the people in Gaza voted to put Hamas in power. What happened with Hamas is largely due to the vote of people. It was Barack Obama who once said, elections have consequences, and they sure do. And I'm looking at the consequences of an election mm. where Hamas was elected to lead Gaza, which could be one of the most wonderful resorts on earth. And it is a hellhole because they took every dime that was given to them for their people. 
And they built tunnels, and they built bombs, and they bought bullets. Not to help their people, but to kill other people they didn't even know. And when we're talking about the second wave, we're talking about Gazans who came in, not, not affiliated with Hamas, no. and looted while people were being murdered next to them. Not only murdered, not only were they looting, they were looting with bodies strewn about, and they were going in and taking food and items from the homes of people whose bodies were laying before them. They had to step over them in order to loot the homes. What kind of person does that? Now, when we're talking about the U.S.-Israel relations, it began with very powerful statements from President Biden, and there's still support that we're feeling today, but there is a feeling that the pressure is beginning. How do you see the U.S. policy towards what's going on today? Well, I hope the policy continues to be unequivocal support for Israel. We don't need to tell Israel how to prosecute this war. They're the only ones who needs to make, need to make that decision. I don't think we would have enjoyed having other countries dictate to us on December the 8th of 1941 how we should deal with the Japanese right after Pearl Harbor. And, and this is no time for anyone to be uh, giving Israel some instructions or lessons on what they should do. They're in a fight for their lives. They're not just fighting. This is not a revenge war. This is a war to prevent what we're looking at in this place from happening again. And Israel not only has a right, Israel has a responsibility that this never happens again. And that's why I hope the world comes together and says, we stand with Israel. As a true friend of Israel, how have you been coping with these days, seeing it from far and now seeing it from close? You know, it's, it's tough. One of my friends here, her 22-year-old niece was murdered on the first day. That's a young life that had all of its hope and promise, and we're hearing these stories. On the plane coming in, a couple recognized me, and they came over. They gave me a dog tag to represent their son, who has been held hostage. They haven't heard or seen from him in 75 days. I went in Tel Aviv to uh, the hostage village. I found his poster. Mm -hmm. I took a picture with it and sent it to the parents and said, I'll be praying for your son every day to come home to you. It's real. It's personal. And families across the world have been ripped apart by the heinous activities of Hamas. And, and we just don't need to somehow begin to get used to this. I pray to God we never get used to something like this. Governor Huckabee, thank you very much. Yeah, so everything he said is true. There's one thing I want to mention after I say, you know, he just said, I hope nobody ever gets used to this. And we heard um, Almag, I uh, Alma, sorry, wow, I'm forgetting her name now. But we just talked about her. She was the 17-year-old who was released, who was in Hamas captivity, who was taken from that place on October 7th. And she said... I was going back into my notes to find her name. I apologize. But she said it's strange to her that so many people are sort of just going on with their lives, yet in a sense it shows strength. But I think a lot of us have compartmentalized in order to survive. That is a survival tactic. When things seem so extreme, you sort of push something out of the way. You put it in another little box in the back of your head so it doesn't overwhelm you. 
But at the same time, we really need to see this and hear this and see two months later, these villages are still completely destroyed. And not only can the citizens of those kibbutzims not go home because they're destroyed, but they can't even start rebuilding their homes because the threat of Hamas is still right in their face. And the released hostages have said that Hamas said to them, don't go home, we're coming back. This is not over until Hamas is ended. Okay, there was a video of an IDF captain in Kafar Aza during this interview process that happened. I really felt like this video was going to be so long already, so I did not have it ready to show you. I think I'm going to post it in a different video. I do just want to say a couple things about her. She said, I served in the, in the IDF for nearly five years. Her name is Captain Maya. I don't have a last name here. Um, she served in the, in the IDF for nearly five years. And she didn't do what she's doing now. Because I guess what happens, what happened now didn't happen in the last five years. But anyway, she said, I think this mission is incredibly important. I think the world needs to know and to see and to understand what took place here. To see it and to witness it with your own eyes, even 75 days in as we are now. I think it's different than seeing it through the lens, through the camera. So she's one of the soldiers who are escorting Mike Huckabee, Ivanka Trump, Jared Kushner, um, all of the other international people that we have seen go. Elon Musk went and um, there's been a few other very notable people who have gone. Um, describing the attack on Kaf in Kafar Aza on October 7th, she said, we're talking about hundreds of terrorists infiltrating the kibbutzim. They came in well prepared with guns, RPGs, bombs, and they started shooting at people's houses, at innocent, peaceful civilians' houses. They brought in gasoline tanks and tires from Gaza. They set the houses on fire. People were hiding in their mamads, the bomb shelters I was talking about, the room that is supposed to be safe in your house. Describing the second wave, which we just heard in the Mike Huckabee interview, that is when other Gazans, who were supposedly not affiliated with Hamas, but followed the terrorists across the border and committed many crimes themselves, Maya said that she is not sure how to categorize them. I think they're Hamas. I'm going to categorize them as Hamas affiliates, right? But she said they weren't associated with Hamas, but they came here and committed crimes anyways. Um, there is a lot of things that she said that YouTube will not like me saying. So... They are worded, they be worded, they 
they stole a lot of stuff. Um, she said, we're on a mission and I feel honored to be here because I honestly believe from the bottom of my heart that the world needs to know and see what happened here. And if I can be of any assistance in that, then I'm blessed to be here because we're in such difficult times and we need the world to know. And it's like she's reading my mind because I feel the same way being here with you sharing this news. There's nothing else I would rather be doing right now than telling the world what Israel is going through. So let's talk about Israel's internal issues. The IDF has put forth a plan to bribe near Gaza residents, the residents along the Gaza envelope who are in these kibbutzims that you just saw that are completely destroyed. The IDF is putting forth a plan to bribe them to go back to their homes while the local governments adamantly refuse until the war is won and the towns are safe from Gaza massacres or rockets. In the meantime, over 130,000 people are evacuated to hotels around Israel and besides personal and family impacts, they have job impacts, school impacts, they still have mortgage payments and homes that they can't live in. Now the councils and mayors of near Gaza and near Lebanon communities, which have been evacuated for their safety, I believe that total number is more like 300,000 displaced Israeli civilians from all of these war zones. And these councils and mayors are saying, we push forward a plan to which the residents of the towns four to seven kilometers from Gaza, which includes Sterot, who returned to their homes before the end of the official evacuation period to have a grant that would allow money for each adult and each child per day that they will live in the town before the end of the evacuation period. So as an example... A family with three children will be able to receive 21,000 shekels per month if they decide to return to live in their home. This has been proposed by the councils and the mayors. This has not been approved through parliament. However, it's a very interesting idea because also in the meantime, how are these people who aren't working, their kids aren't going to school, how are they supposed to be paying their bills and their mortgages on these destroyed houses? How are they supposed to fix their homes? It just, it's all a complete disaster. Uh, 21,000 shekels per month is around $4,000 depending on the exchange rate. The exchange rate changes daily, so take of that what you will. And the heavy fighting continues in Gaza as the IDF pushes further into every neighborhood, which, unfortunately, is required since every clinic, every school, every mosque, etc. is a weapons warehouse, tunnel junction, and or rocket launching facility. Yeah. 
So there's that. Okay, I might have a video for you. Let's see if it works. Okay, here we go. So now here you can see in the Beit Hanun area, soldiers from the counterterrorism unit identified a terrorist emerging from a tunnel shaft while firing bursts of shots at the forces, seemingly to draw them towards explosives planted near the forces. The soldiers opened fire through grenades and neutralized the threat from a distance. Following the incident, the soldiers destroyed the tunnel shaft. During the battle at a school in the depths of Shajaya, soldiers of the 188th Brigade fought in close quarter combat with a terrorist squad and located a significant underground shaft in a school. The terrorists tried to direct the force into an ambush with explosives and the soldiers responded by eliminating the terrorists with the help of tank fire and UAVs. Um, they located many weapons, including rocket launches, rocket launchers, explosives, as well as motorcycles, and destroyed tunnel shafts, some of which had significant water and electricity infrastructure installed. So, the citizens of Gaza don't seem to be able to get water and electricity, but Hamas has it. Hamas has everything. All right. How much more do I have for you guys? Wow, wow, wow. All right. Long video. I warned you guys. It was a lot happening today. Um, okay, so Lebanese media sources are reporting a significant development as IDF warplanes launched an attack on a former former medical center in Kafar Beslia, situated in the Jabal Safi area of southern Lebanon, approximately 45 kilometers from the Israeli border. This incursion deemed very deep in comparison to routine conflict zones is seen by Lebanese observers as an Israeli message following yesterday's incident involving anti-aircraft missiles targeting IDF helicopters. Additionally, reports indicated that IDF fighter jets made low-altitude passes over Marjayun and Beirut skies, intensifying the regional tensions. IDF spokesperson Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari, I quote him all the time, he provided an update on the intensified combat operations, including the exposure and dismantling of Hamas's underground infrastructure in Gaza City, which I have shown you today. The IDF aims to redefine border security and prevent future terrorist activities. The, brief the briefing also covered ongoing operations in southern Gaza, the investigation into the hostages' accidental deaths, which I talked about yesterday, and attacks on Hezbollah targets in Lebanon and recognition of reservist efforts. Paratrooper brigade soldiers are taking a break before resuming their mission in Gaza. Quote, our duty to dismantle terrorist infrastructure extends beyond the present, 
It is to prevent the extension, the existence of such terrorist infrastructure in the future, eliminating the capability of terrorists to fight, plan, and execute such attacks against us. Now, the Hamas terror group is desperate because they have published footage of murdered hostages. We do not show those videos. If you see those videos, please report them. It is psychological warfare. In the footage, Elia Toledano, Nick Beiser, Ron Sherman, who were murdered in captivity and whose bodies were extracted last week by the IDF are seen alive. In the video, sorry you guys, I paused for a second because that didn't quite make sense to me, but I'm understanding. In the video, Elia, Nick, and Ron are seen alive in compliance with the family's request and to not play into Hamas's propaganda game. Arutz Sheva Israel National News will not publish the footage. Hamas claimed that they tried to protect the three, but they were hit by the IDF in the Gaza Strip. The bodies of Bezer and Sherman, both IDF soldiers, were taken from the Gaza Strip to Israeli territory in an operation by soldiers of the 551st Brigade and Unit 504 of the Intelligence Directorate. Following an identification process by medical staff and the IDF rabbinate, the IDF notified the family of the death of their death in captivity and the operation to rescue the bodies. That same day, the IDF announced that the body of the abducted civilian Elia Toledano, 28, from Tel Aviv, was also extracted from the Gaza Strip. So, we already had their bodies, but then today... Hamas decided to release video footage that they had taken of these hostages during captivity while they were still alive. Why would they do that? Just for psychological warfare, just to be as gruesome and horrible as possible. Okay, so here I have a picture of, sadly... Three soldiers who fell in battle. Eight soldiers seriously injured. These soldiers here are Sergeant Lavi Gehazi, Lieutenant Yaakov Elian, and Lieutenant Omri Schwartz. They fell in battle in Gaza with eight soldiers who were seriously injured. This was cleared for publication Thursday morning, that is today in Israel, so it's already evening in Israel, but this was cleared for publication this morning Israel time. They are respectively 19, 20, and 21 young, young kids. Really sad. Two out of those eight soldiers that were injured are in serious condition. 
a reservist soldier also seriously injured, also an officer also seriously injured in battle in the northern Gaza Strip, also another reservist soldier seriously injured. So, all right, you guys, our soldiers are risking their lives for us. Any soldier who might see this, thank you so much. And if you would like to thank the soldiers, you can donate money to this organization. I have linked it linked it in the description of this video. They are working hard and there are really, really rough temperatures. So here in this video, which may or may not play because I seem to be having a problem with that, these soldiers are thanking the supplies that they have already received. As you can see, they got some hats, they got some thermal clothing, they're really happy about it. This is them in Mount Hermon, the northern part of Israel, looking over the Lebanon border to keep Israel safe. So if you'd like to donate a few dollars to them, it's a great organization and they are making sure that our soldiers are warm and getting everything they need during these winter days. And last but not least, I would like to show you all a censored photo because I don't want to show the full thing. This was found in Gaza. There have been many, 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 many reports of this being found in Gaza. It is an Arabic edition of the well-known horrible book by the tyrant. The tyrant is on the cover. It has the symbol on the cover. As you can see, I have censored it. I don't know what YouTube will and won't allow, so I am doing my best to not get banned and to not get canceled and all the things. So I have lost track at this point how many of these have been found in Gaza. It has to be at least 10 so far, at least. I'm hearing about it once a week. We're on week 12 of war. So it's just crazy, you guys. Um, this screenshot is from the entire video, was found on X, formerly known as Twitter. If you want to go see it, I'm sure you can. Um, I really didn't care to show that whole thing. I just wanted to show some proof that this stuff is still being found in Gaza. The Mufti and the Tyrant that you just saw a picture of were best friends. The Tyrant gave the Mufti honorary Aryan card. They're best friends. They were. They're both dead now. But they have educated people to continue their lineage. And they are. And this is the fight that we are up against. Last month, President Herzog revealed in an interview with BBC that IDF forces operating in northern Gaza keep 
discovering these books and this book was on the body of a terrorist and a children's bedroom and a civilian home being used as a Hamas terror base. I apologize if that sounded weird. Again, I am trying to make sure YouTube doesn't cancel me. So you guys, that was 90 minutes of my life and of yours. I hope you found this informative, helpful, maybe a little funny, maybe a little sad, but we did it together. I wish you all the best, like peace, love, happiness, take care of yourself, don't watch too much of this crap at once, and much love to you all. Please like, subscribe, leave a nice comment. I'm getting horrible, horrible comments from all of the haters. All I'm trying to do is share what is happening in the world. Yes, I'm Israeli. Yes, I'm Jewish. Yes, I'm a woman. Yes, I have the right to live. Yes, I have the right to practice my Judaism. Yes, I have the right to speak. And yes, I have the right to give you the news on my personal YouTube channel. You can find the podcast everywhere podcasts are available. And you can find Hatikva News on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, literally everywhere. I am doing the most work I possibly can to get our voices out there and heard. And if you want to chat with me, book a time with the Calendly link. Join me. Let's get our voices heard. Let's get our faces out there. We will not be silenced. We will not be quiet. Much love to all of you. Thank you for watching. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.